Good morning. Welcome to Lincoln Square Presbyterian Church. Uh, we gather here in God's presence to respond in worship. So we say welcome on this warm morning. So I'm glad that you're here. Just a note, uh, maybe you have some water, but if you there is a, a cooler of, of, of cold water at back by uh, Pastor Brian on the welcome table, so please feel free to, to help yourself uh, with that. Um, and uh, also if you end up feeling really warm, um, the hallway is cooler. <laughs> so you can always step out there and no judgment, you know, so, uh, um, but God's called us and we're thankful to gather as his people and respond in worship. And uh, I just want to take a moment to encourage you to look at your order on the inside cover is information about children's ministry and, and youth um, things happening uh, as, as Labor Day is here and the fall is arriving. A couple important dates stuff that starting next Sunday, the 10th, uh, we are returning back to having our, our middle school class that will meet uh, during the service every other week. And also it's the first Sunday of youth group after church. Uh, and then if you go to the back couple pages, you'll see the announcements. And uh, I encourage you to take a look at this and you can take it with you uh, to consider ways you might want to serve or get involved. A um, couple things, again, just date-wise to highlight is that every September we have a, a congregational meeting just to kind of have a time to check in and look ahead get some updates on how the church is doing and have a time for questions. And so that's on the 17th of September, so two weeks from now. Everyone is uh, welcome, and uh, there'll be child care that continues through the, the meeting. And then also there's some upcoming events. There's a women's prayer time on the 9th. There's also uh, a men's backyard brew that Josh Kuntz is hosting. It's on the 23rd. Uh, you can see that he'll have some uh, drinks there, but you can also bring things that you like as well. So just encourage you to take a look at some different events coming up. Uh, one last thing to highlight is that Pastor Brian and I have been, have been talking about life groups restarting, and so they are beginning to take shape, beginning to set schedules, and so if you are, haven't let us know that you're interested, please uh, do so. There's still time to get involved and find out with different schedules, and it'd be great to have you part of a group um, over the next few months. Um, so let me know, let pa Pastor Brian know if you're interested. Well, God's called us and gathered us as his people, uh, and as we get re ready to come and worship, let's take a moment of quiet to prepare ourselves to come before God. Call to worship is from Psalm 105. Stand, we'll sing together. Give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. thanks to the Lord, call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wondrous works, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord in his strength, seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he uttered. Give thanks to the 
judgments are in all the earth. You remember his covenant forever, the word that he commanded for a thousand generations, the covenant that he has made with Abraham, his sworn promise to Isaac, which he confirmed to Jacob as a statute, to Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying to you, I will give the land of Canaan as your portion for an inheritance. Give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people.
lift up your voice and with us sing. Sun, moon, and stars rejoice on high. Praise to the Lord, the light of Giving others take your part. All ye who pain and sorrow bear, praise God and lay on him your care. Almighty God, uh, you made the heavens and the earth and said that they were good. You give us life, you call us out of sin and rebellion into your covenant family. And so as we continue our worship now, Lord, make us aware of your presence by your spirit. May we be full of your goodness and your life. Lord, uh, meet those of us here this morning that feel steady and present May we seek you and know you, and even when we have settled into contentment or find ourselves walking through uh, the mundane, would you be with us? Along these paths, Lord, would you grow in us the godly characteristics of your spirit, especially those virtues that can be pushed away with vice. Father, meet those of us that feel the ache and the pull of temptation, the turn of the heart towards things that seem like life and goodness, but have only brought us emptiness and grief. Lord, meet, meet us with your radiant and revealing words of life. Father, grant us strength and courage 
to move towards your light, to travel the, those difficult paths of repentance, to love our neighbors as you have loved us. Lord, lead us by your word and sacrament to the word who bears our flesh and change us, make us more and more to the image of Christ. We pray in, all, in his name, amen. Well, children are now dismissed for children's worship. Well, we move now to our time of confession, a time where we, we do acknowledge with God our, our sin and our need of him. And we do this together as a church body and, and uh, collectively, and then we'll have a time of personal quiet confession. Merciful God, in Christ you pardon all who repent and turn to you. We humbly confess our sins and ask your mercy. We have not loved you with a pure heart, nor have we loved our neighbor as ourselves. We have not done justice, loved kindness, or walked humbly with you, our God. Have mercy on us, O God, in your loving kindness, in your great compassion. Cleanse us from our sin. Amen. Come ye sinners, poor and needy, weak and wounded, sick and sore. Jesus ready stands to save you. personal quiet confession.
Father, we confess our sin, and we are grateful that you have brought us from death into life. You travel through the valley of the shadow of death to raise us up and to make us whole. We give thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's stand together to hear the words of assurance that come to us from Colossians chapter 1. Please join with me. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. As we've been welcomed into God's family, let us uh, take a moment to welcome each other in the name of Christ. a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains lose all their guilty stains lose all their guilty stains and sinners plunged beneath
The Old Testament lesson is from Isaiah 40, 6 through 11. A voice says, cry, and I said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Go on up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, fear not, say to the cities of Judah, behold your God. Behold, the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with, that are with young. The gospel lesson is from John 18, 33 through 38. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord? Or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting, that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to, the, said to him, What is truth? After he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him. This is the word of the Lord. Calvin for reading. I mentioned at the beginning, but just to note that there is uh, some water in the back that if you uh, need some uh, cool water, you can grab some at the welcome table. Um, you'll see a note in your order that we're going to uh, continue with our uh, summer series, but this is the last week of this series. We have been making our way through a different book of the New Testament each week, uh, and then having a key word that helps us think about that book and, and how it reveals God's work for us in Christ. And so we come today to the last book of the New Testament, Revelation, and the key word from Revelation is witness. 
witness. And for us to think about that before I read our passage from Revelation 1, uh, I want to mention uh, uh, an image that we'll come back to throughout the sermon. Recently, I was down by Montrose Beach over at uh, Lakeshore Drive and Wilson uh, by the running track over there. Maybe some of you have been to the to this a turf field with a track around it. And when I was there, I wasn't running. I was just walking by it. But <laughs> there was a middle school, I think, cross-country team or, or a track team that was having practice. And if you can picture the kind of the oval, the, the reddish-brown track the kids were running around it and but in one corner there were parents and there were you know classmates or teammates that were cheering them on and so you know as they would go around the track and they came to that corner where they were receiving cheers and you know keep going you could see you could visibly see in some of the kids like their their step increased right their speed increased they picked up the pace they had a little more energy and maybe you've experienced that before. Maybe you've experienced running and having it be helpful to, for someone to cheer you on, or you've been the one cheering. But then as I watched, not all the kids, but some of the kids, that as they made around that corner and they went through the rest of the track, you know, little by little, they might slow down a little bit. The further they get from the cheers, <laughs> the further they go into the, the rest of the track, they're languishing to keep going. Well, if you can picture that in your mind, the crowd cheering in the corner and how it helps the kids that were running, it can help us think about the book of Revelation. And that might be surprising. Maybe when y if you do think about Revelation at all, you might think about, you know, deciphering symbols and constructing timetables. But rather, I, I hope we can see this morning as we run the race of life and of faith, that Revelation is like a word of encouragement. It's like a cheering, encouraging us to keep going, to not stop, to run the race of faith, that it's worth going and continuing in the faith that we have. See, Revelation describes itself as the revelation of Jesus Christ. Five words, and that's where the title comes from. This revelation of Jesus, this revelation is like a word, a, an announcement, a testimony from God about who Jesus is. And that if we hear it with faith, it gives us hope. It gives a new perspective. It even can cheer us on or help us to endure in our faith to run the race. And if we have that image in our mind, it helps us understand that the first Christians that would receive this uh, revelation the seven churches in Asia, for in their weariness and in their suffering and discouragement, it was a word of hope to them that there's more going on than what they can see. And it can be helpful to you and to me as well, a word of encouragement to keep in faith, a word that tells us it's not foolish. It's not foolish to entrust ourselves to Jesus, for he is the vindicated one and the risen one. So let's look at these passages from Revelation 1, verse 4 through verse 20. It's in your order. You can follow there in your Bible. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth. 
To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priest to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of the God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamum, Theatira, to Sardis, and to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, and on turning I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the midst of the lampstand, one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. In the right hand, he held seven stars, and from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. And his face was like the sun shining full strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last, the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. Write, therefore, the things you have seen, those that are and those that are to take place after this. As for the mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. This is God's word given for our good. Well, I want us to ask two questions. One is, has, how is Revelation like a, a cheering crowd? How is it like a testimony that helps us? And then the second question, how are these cheers, you know, how are these words about Jesus? How is Jesus the center of them? So let's start with this first question. How is Revelation helpful? How is it like cheers that encourage us? Well, it was composed in the late first century and Revelation was explicitly addressed to churches in Asia Minor, as we just read. And all of these churches were in cities in the Roman world that were significant, significant cities. And everywhere they looked, their holidays, their social structures, their cultural messages and symbols, everything affirmed that the Roman Empire was in control. The Roman Empire was the thing that was going to last and we can think of John, the apostle, the one who recorded Revelation. He writes while in exile on the island of Patmos. This island was a Roman penal colony, and John was sent there into exile because of his faith, because he said of his testimony about Jesus. His personal exile and rejection was pointing to the broader experiences of Christians in the Roman world at that time. Well, in this setting of Roman power, Revelation offers a different vision of the world. It is what's called apocalyptic literature, 
meaning that it uses symbols, it uses images, it uses poetic language to give us a new vision, to see the world differently, to cast earthly circumstances in light of God's presence in God's kingdom. And for the Christians who were inundated by Roman imperial propaganda, and perhaps mesmerized, if not seduced, by the culture, saying to it, life, life will work best for you if you join us and are part of this dominating power. It's to that kind of propaganda that Revelation over and over again proclaims that Rome is not the ultimate power. It's not ultimately in control. It does not have the final say in this world or in your life. The different vision that Revelation gives is that it's Jesus, the one who was, the one who is, and the one who is to come, the one who freed us by his blood. He has the final word, and he is declared the ruler of all earthly powers. So we can ask again, how does Revelation help us? How does it encourage us to keep running the race? Well, through its testimony, through its witness to a different reality than what we might see, we gain a glimpse of a world beyond, beyond what the world would tell us is true, what ultimately matters. It helps us to see the transient nature of humans and humans' power. It helps us to see the enduring presence of the reality of God and his kingdom. And as a result, why the world's offerings, such as money or status, your appearance, or one's acceptance, why these are presented as attractive and necessary, this testimony of Revelation helps us see how ultimately unsatisfying they are. Also, rather than seeing the sacrifices related to following Jesus or loving our neighbors as foolish or a waste of resources, as a failure even, we see them as building our lives on a solid foundation that will not be moved. Through the revelation of Jesus, we gain an ulterior perspective. And the first Christians who received this letter, it was being reminded that Rome did not control them, that Rome was not the final word. It could be all sorts of things for you and me that interrupts the way the world wants to tell us kind of who we are and, and what makes sense. It, it Maybe it's a, a view of the world that reminds us that the market is not God. Or that our lives are not ultimately measured by our portfolio. Or maybe it is this reminder, this affirmation that no matter how many hours we work, or no matter how much we can gather, how many resources we can bring to ourselves, we're not ultimately in control of our lives or the lives of those that we love. Or maybe it's a reminder to us today that the actions of those that have hurt us, who are hurting us even now, or our own failures and falling short, that these are not the final word of our lives, that there is a promise of God who is just and who can make things new. 
invite us to, to picture this as cheers, as an encouragement that John, as he records these, it was warming his own heart, and he shares them with the churches that it is wise, it is wise, not foolish, to give your allegiance to one who is worthy of your trust. Keep running, do not stop. It is wise and good to keep going in the ways of Christ. For he is the one who was and is and is to come. See, that brings us to this second question, then how are the cheers, how is this encouragement ultimately centered in the person of Jesus? How does this alternative vision actually center in him? Well, as I mentioned in the beginning, revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's how it identifies itself. So the testimony that this new vision is centered on Christ. And one of the ways that that works itself out in this book is that he receives many different titles throughout Revelation, titles that help us see who he is and why he is so significant. Just the same, some of these titles that Jesus is the lamb, he's the son of God, the one who is holy and true, he's the alpha and the omega, the first and the last, the one who died and came to life again, he's the beginning of all creation, he's the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, the Messiah, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the bright morning star, and the Amen. And you might have noticed that there's three in our passage in particular that I want us to, to take note of as we think about Jesus as the, the center of these cheers. That he is the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. These three titles tell the story of Jesus' life his death, resurrection, and exaltation. Jesus is the faithful witness. What comes to mind when you hear the term faithful witness? Well, most likely we think about a witness as one maybe who's part of a legal process, one who gives kind of a statement about what they have seen. And it's one of the things that scripture argues about a, a, just, a just society. What does a just society look like? It's one that can rest upon honest eyewitness testimony. The testimony can be true. We see this in the Ten Commandments. You shall not bear false witness. One of the Ten Commandments that God gives his people is the significance of honest testimony. And Jesus is the, the faithful witness, meaning he faithfully bears witness to what is true. This is what he was saying to Pilate that we heard Calvin read, that anyone who's on the side of truth listens to his voice. The Greek tra word translated witness here is the word martyr. Martyr, one who is willing to testify, to point to the truth, to tell the truth over and over again, even when doing so is dangerous or difficult. Jesus is the faithful witness, but it, he's fulfilling, he's the, the head of a category that runs throughout scripture. Adam and Eve were made in the image of God. They were to be pointers or witnesses to who God is in creation. Israel was called and chosen to be witnesses to the nation, to the nations displaying the nature of God, to give witness and by remembering the exodus, uh, worshiping God alone, Loving their neighbors, especially the orphan, the widow, the sojourner. 
And the prophets of Israel were at the center of this idea of witness that they were to cheer, to remind, to proclaim to Israel the things that they were to, to remember, to, to hold on to that testimony. But Jesus, Jesus is the faithful witness, the one who reveals God truthfully. What scripture tells us, what the gospel proclaims is to see the son is to see God. To hear the son is to hear God. The testimony that we need, the witness that we need as we try to continue to run the race is the revelation of Jesus. You see, his very life, uh, who he called, who he welcomed, who he rebuked, who he healed, or who he blessed, each of those things challenged the narrative of the world, challenged the vision of the world. He lived in faithfulness to God, and he had a different answer, fundamentally different answer about what ultimately mattered. And as a result of this faithful witness, he was crushed. He was crushed by the powers. Now we should stop for a moment and, and, and think that this is a weird cheer, right? This is the part where the cheering seems a little discouraging. That we're going to keep going, but the one that we are to follow was crushed for his faithful witness. But we have to remind that this is just one of the titles that Jesus had. That the cheer is not in itself that Jesus was crushed for telling and revealing and embodying the truth. The rejection of this witness points to the question of, will the world's judgment be final? Does the world get to decide what is right? See, the rejection of Jesus' witness highlights the challenge of running the race. highlights the challenge of following his testimony. Is the world's judgment final? Is it what is wise and true? And Jesus' resurrection and his exaltation to the right hand of God, we see that the answer is no. The world's judgment is mistaken. The world has cast itself and given itself to the things that are not ultimately what matters. Here's the key part of the cheer that the one who laid down his life for you and for me, the one who embodied truth is the risen one. The one who was raised up and vindicated by God. And this judgment of the world, this judgment of the powers was revealed because the death and all of it was judged could not hold him. We see this in this other title that he was the firstborn of the dead. This title, the firstborn of the dead, speaks of a priority. His resurrection victory and his vindication is not just for him. He rises first, but all of us who trust in him will share in his victory. <clears throat> we can picture him <clears throat> running the race set before him, blazing a trail, leading behind him a group of forgiven sinners, raised to life, he is first, but he is not last. 
combination of Jesus' resurrection and the world's judgment being overturned leads to the announcement that he is the ruler of the kings of the earth. <clears throat> Revelation pulls back the curtain to help us to see that Jesus is king over creation. He's the final word, the one who endures, the one whose word will last. I just want to, as we close, <clears throat> come back to that image again of the of revelation. My hope is that it can meet you today wherever it, you are. Wherever it is difficult to run the race, whatever discouragement you have, whether it's coming from within you and your own failures and struggles or from outside of the voices that judge you and tell you about what is true or what is not. That we're invited to hear the testimony, the witness of Christ. And this is not just for us, but this is the way the church has been forever. Did you notice how John, the, the author, he says, I am your brother who shares with you in the persecution, the kingdom, and the patient endurance. The word endurance is all over the place in Revelation. It's staying power. Keep running. Hold the faith continue to resist a long obedience in the same direction. And Revelation has this, this picture of God giving us the testimony of Jesus, that that testimony would speak and encourage, and John receives it. And even though he's in exile and he is cast away from those he loves, he receives the revelation with hope. And he turns to us and gives us this revelation as well, that we can hold it that tells us what is true in a world that is often confusing. You see, we are the ones running, being cheered on, but we're also the ones who do the cheering, cheering one another. Why do we gather weekly? Why do we gather weekly? Because God is worthy of our worship, but also because running the race is challenging. And we need encouragement. We need the witness of the word and the sacraments, but we need the witness of each other to encourage us to not grow weary in doing what is right and what is good. Grace and peace comes from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. May this narrative bring us hope and encouragement that he is worthy of following. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for who you are, and we thank you for your word. I pray that it would speak into our questions and our struggles, our worries this day, to bring us hope, to bring us the strength of your spirit. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand and join us in singing? church is one foundation is jesus christ her lord she is his new creation by water and the word from him he came inside
the consummation of peace forevermore. Till with the vision's glorious, her longing eyes are blessed, and the great church victorious shall be the church. majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens, yet you are mindful of your people. Therefore, it is good and right to join with your people on earth in all the company of heaven and the unending hymn. passage reminds us that the Son of Man is coming to make all things new, that he will come in justice and he will come in peace and he will reign down. And as we hear that bright and that glorious and full promise, our passage groans with the reality that all is not as it should be. At this table, it, it reminds us that the Son of Man who is to come is also the Son of Man who has come. 
You came to us to enter into our trouble, and more than that, to take our trouble upon himself through his broken body and his shed blood. And here's the good news, <laughs> that Jesus is always coming afresh to those who are following him by faith. Jesus is always coming to us through his word and through prayer, and he is coming to us when we worship together, and he is coming to us at this table through these sacraments. He has bound himself to us by his self-giving love, and that kind of love, that perfect love, it brings nourishment, it feeds our soul. And so if we believe that, if we have in repentance and faith turned to Christ, then come and eat and be nourished, be filled up by his grace. If you do not yet know Jesus, I, I, I invite you to see and to hear and to notice the, what, the work, what, what Christ has done and offered to you. Father, thank you for this table. We pray that you would set it apart from a common use to a sacred and holy one. That you would come and by your spirit meet us and nourish us in our, through our, uh, in our faith through this bread and wine. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Well, on the night that he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread. And he broke it and he said, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. For as often as you drink it, do so in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat this bread and we drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. I do invite you to, to come down, to center out, to, to receive both the, the bread and the cup. Ask you to hold the elements until we've all been served, but you may go on the sides and hold them, and, and then we'll eat together as one family. Uh, if you're not coming forward for the elements today, uh, I still invite you to come forward. Uh, you can place your hand across your chest. Either myself or Pastor Chad can offer a prayer blessing for you. I invite the, the servers now to come forward as we come to the table.
Christ's body was broken to make us whole. Have a seat in faith. Christ's blood was shed to cover all of our sins. Let us drink in faith. Well, let's stand together in a responsive time of prayer and confession and uh, an affirmation of our faith. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your goodness, your faithfulness, and your love. Fill us with your wisdom that we may love you with all our hearts, mind, and strength, and that you may also love our neighbors as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come join together in an affirmation of our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to continue worshiping through a time of giving, a chance for us to respond to the generosity of God. So those, the greeters are invited to come forward. There's a gray basket you can put your uh, communion cup in and then a silver offering plate if you'd like to give a gift to the work of the church. Um, if you can also give an offering, you can see in your order by uh, the church's website or by text as well if you're interested in doing so. just want to take a moment to, to say again, welcome. Glad that we can worship together. If you're visiting, uh, welcome especially. Thanks for joining us. Uh, there is a, a black information pad under the, the chair in the center aisle. Uh, invite you, if you're sitting in that seat, invite you to pick that up and fill it out and pass it down that you can know who you're worshiping with today. And if you are a visitor and like to share your information, we'd love to be able to follow up with you. Uh, you can do so through that pad. Also, there's a way there to ask um, to be part of a, a small group in the church or just to have one of the pastors reach out to you. Uh, one last thing just to, to remind you that we have a time of coffee and lemonade and, and bagels after the, the service. Um, it's going to be in the cafeteria today just because of the heat. We're gonna, it's, so you can still enjoy the grounds, the playground, but you just go out the back doors, turn left. You'll see um, the cafeteria. You can stay in there and sit and enjoy some food and drink, or you can just bring it back outside. But hopefully you can stay after. It's a chance to get to know each other better and catch up on how the week's going. Let's continue uh, to, to worship through the giving of our gifts to God.
Let's rise for the singing of the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. has waited long her absent Lord to see and still in lonely bed she waits a friendless stranger she age after age has gone sun after sun has set and still in weeds of and surround Jerusalem. May the love of God surround you now and always. In the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit. Amen. Let me go in peace.